Hey, this is Ollie, and welcome to The Body Reset. This podcast is being built to help career-driven professionals and business owners intelligently upgrade their body, energy, and personal performance in the modern world. I want to help uncover some of the core concepts, beliefs, and frameworks that we've used with thousands of clients to navigate health and performance as we age. If you want more like this, simply subscribe so you never miss the newest episode. Today, team, I want to go through the most important shift you can make to your breakfast over 40. Now, this isn't just what's worked for me. This is what's worked now with thousands of clients. And I think we're starting to get quite a lot of data to suggest that this might be the best shift. So I'm going to take you through the three key considerations that we've made to come to this uh, current suggestion around what we do with breakfast. I'm also going to take you through a really surprising truth around cereal and how it started. And then if you stay to the end and you find this useful, I'm going to give you a giveaway to start with some new ideas, some really quick simple recipes that you could potentially start with with this concept in mind that you could use for breakfast all right so if that all sounds good let's stick around let's dive in uh, like i said i'm the uh, owner of uh, the company called body reset we work with thousands of clients or have worked with thousands of clients in the space of as you start to see your body shift in your mid 40s and 50s if the body's just not working like it used to how do we make sure we make these uh, subtle but really sustainable shifts to really get your body back on your side to keep that focus at work to keep that energy and enjoyment at home and on the weekend and really all the things that really are required to make sure your body is not the thing holding you back and I think breakfast is a huge part of that that we really need to you know start the day right and I think where we want to start today is this really this awareness of this champion's breakfast and I think that's something that at least in my world I've come to know really well right someone identifies this breakfast as this works for them this is the champion's breakfast and it could be your oats, it could be the all black wheat bix, which they don't eat, or it could be something else, right? And I think the big thing that we want to look at, again, is relevance for you and your age and stage of life. And the big part here is that your champion's breakfast that worked 20 years ago is probably not going to be the same for now. And I want to dive into why in a second. But the big part is, is quite simply, there's been a shift in requirements of what you want in your day, right? If you're not starting your day with running around or you've got a big soccer game later on and your focus is to be productive and focused at work, then you're going to need a couple of different variables. And I think the big concern around this is the champion's breakfast has always been, well, the focus should be around how you're going to get as much energy for as long as possible throughout the day. And for most of us, we think about carbs. We need carbs for energy. And there's nothing wrong with carbs, but the timing of where they're placed in the day might not be breakfast, right? Again, this is considerations that we've taken into account with thousands of clients, and we're going to see that this works quite often, all right, is that carbohydrates we look at as our main energy source. But when we can look at shifting this potentially to fats, especially in the morning, especially if we want focus energy throughout the day, this can be a really, really good place to start. Now, we work in a, or we live in a world where there's extremes, right? And as soon as I say the words, let's use fats for breakfast, we think keto. And it's by no means keto. It's a very drastic approach where uh, fats take up over 70% of your overall intake. And I don't think for most people, unless there's certain conditions that require it, that that drastic approach is really required. But the thing I'm trying to get to is that when we think of a champion's breakfast, we need to think of energy. And if your current breakfast is not giving you energy both now and 20 minutes or an hour from now, when you have have that little slump, we need to address what is the champion's breakfast for you now that you're in your mid 40s and 50s. All right. So the second part I want to go through here is what has actually fundamentally changed? Why 
are things not working like it used to? Why are the you know wheat picks or the oats for breakfast no longer working? Now there's a component here that will hormonally and, and lifestyle-wise certain sensitivities and stresses come through. So certain foods don't feel as good as they once were. And if you don't bring this awareness to repairing your gut, making sure you're digesting foods effectively, and bringing awareness to certain foods that might make you feel a little bit more inflamed, there's that component I think we need to take into account. But that's really the overall picture. The main thing is, as we get older, our simply our requirements for protein and fats tend to increase, right? As we get older, we tend to see our insulin sensitivity reduce. We see that the requirement or the, the signal required for a level of protein synthesis, i.e. the rebuilding of muscle tissue, is a higher threshold, meaning we need to have more protein in order to hit it. So making sure, provided the goal and intention is to be strong and stable and active for as long as possible, having a level of muscle mass that we maintain into our later years is one of the key predictors of longevity and really health through those later years. And really it all starts anywhere from our 30s to 40s to make sure we anchor these strong and stable habits that work well into our 60s, 70s, 80s and beyond. All right. So it's not a case of waiting until it gets bad. It's making sure that we set up these habits now so we have that muscle mass, we have that health base to make sure we really age very well. So We've looked at it through the lens of insulin sensitivity. When insulin uh, resistance starts to come through or that uh, lack of ability to, uh, or essentially the resistance of, of, of insulin overall, what that simply means is your body is not going to be able to use carbohydrates as well, or it's going to be much easier for you to store carbohydrates. This does not mean that carbohydrates are bad. It's far from it, but it simply needs we need to be more selective of what type of carbohydrates, one we feel good and we respond to well, but also where in our day is going to make a massive difference that. And for most times, I don't see this working as a breakfast option. Carbohydrates are a very easy source for our body to use as energy, but it usually goes up and then we tend to find that we don't get as stable blood sugars throughout the day. We can't focus. Our energy is not as consistent throughout the day. And this really dives into a bigger concept, which is called metabolic flexibility. It's a simple concept that allows you to look at it through the lens of quite simply all calories are not equal and what type of macronutrients you select in what parts of the day make a drastic difference and what I'm looking to here is the ability to program your body to use fats as fuel for at least part of the day and if we have that flexibility to use both both fats and carbs as fuel that's the sweet spot we need to be in and knowing that 90-95% of the people watching this video right now are probably not metabolically flexible, meaning they're only ever really using carbohydrates as fuel, they're finding their energy is dipping and diving, they're requiring caffeine or they're feeling sluggish, they need constant snacks, there's constant cravings there to fill that energy gap that's coming through that quite simply is coming back to a lack of flexibility to use other energy sources. Now, there's a really extreme version of this that if you if you are someone or you know someone that has um, a significant stomach, right, a, a lot of belly fat around the gut, you'll likely notice that they don't have a lot of glutes, a lot of bum muscle, right? And the, what's happening here is if they're truly not very metabolically flexible, then what happens is we don't end up going from carbohydrates to fats, we go from carbohydrates to proteins. And if there's truly no carbohydrates there, we start breaking down muscle. What's the biggest muscle in your body? It's your glutes, your bum muscles, right? So we start to see that, you know, really from a structural stability standpoint, we run into knee issues and back pain and all these things that may actually come back to a nutritional issue that 
you know, I'm not going to say it solves the whole thing, but it allows us to look at what we're doing at breakfast, can program our body to use fats as fuel. And this process can take anywhere from four days up to 11, 12, maybe even 14, so a full two weeks, right? But that ability to consistently shift your breakfast to more of a protein and fats dominant breakfast, if you're in your mid 40s and 50s, you care about cognitive focus, energy, and sustainable fat loss in the space, that timing of nutrients in the morning can be really helpful. Hey, I hope you're really enjoying this episode. Uh, I wanted to to take a quick second to say please reach out to me on social media some people worry about um, interrupting me or sending me emails but I love to hear how these podcasts and videos are impacting you and what future content you'd really like to hear so if you could reach out to me and let me know how this podcast has helped or what you'd like us to dive into that'd be amazing and we'll make sure that we bring the most relevant content to you moving forward also if you know someone that you think this could really impact and benefit uh, they could listen to on their morning walk or their commute or when they're in the kitchen uh, then it'd be amazing if you can tag them in a post or simply share uh, this on spotify or wherever else you listen with them it makes a massive difference in making sure that we can serve and help as many people as we can uh, all right, let's get back to the episode. Awesome to have you here. Now, what if you're fasting, right? This is where we're going to come into the space of if you're fasting, you're technically still using fats as fuel. But the big thing I want to emphasize here is we're not just looking for weight loss. We're looking for fat loss and overall health and performance long term. And what I want to bring you to, if that is your goal, is the before 10 a.m. window, right? And it's shown that through multitude of study is this, and it's being reinforced uh, time and time again, and that's why I don't use studies a lot, but when we start to see them reinforced, we start to see them replicated, we start to see some real credibility behind these studies, I do start referencing them, is that it's shown that if you get a substantial amount of protein in before 10 a.m., that really allows you to trigger some level of protein synthesis and, and rebuilding response throughout the day, it's going to have a significant difference on your overall recovery, energy, and overall health throughout. So the big thing here is if you are fasting and it's working for you, great. If it's not working for you and you're seeing your energy is a little lower, you're feeling a little weaker, your recovery is a little bit off, and you know your body could optimize or respond a little bit better. Looking at considering adding back in a breakfast option could be great. But if you go from fasting back to your cereal, you're probably going to feel sleepy, sluggish, and realize that you didn't feel very good on them, right? So the, the difference there is not, do I have breakfast or do I not? It's what do I have for breakfast to make sure I sustain this energy throughout the day and feel as good as possible while really keeping muscle mass and performance in mind long-term as well. If that's the goal, moving forward towards this protein and fats dominance breakfast tends to be a really good option, or at least what we've seen a lot of the time, all right? So this awareness of the before 10 o'clock window, again, we could still technically, all of us fast, it's just for how long. So it could be an eight hour fast, a 10 hour fast, a 12 hour fast, maybe up to 14, we see work quite nicely. As soon as we start to get into the 15, 16, 18 hours, I tend to see that being more of a uh, once a week, once a month type thing, as opposed to an everyday thing, all right? If we look at it through the lens of getting a substantial, strong, protein-rich meal in the morning, allowing for fats to be a, a key fuel source to sustain us through the morning, we tend to see that work really, really well, right? So the main thing we're looking at here is what used to work 20 years ago was probably not working the same way. The reason for that is that we're likely seeing that hormonally things are different, how we utilize protein and carbs are different, and the the level of or the threshold required to hit certain muscle building and, and health responses throughout the day 
the requirements change a little bit. So as we get older, we tend to respond better on protein and fats a little bit more as we get older. And then lastly, using that focus as a before 10 a.m. focus to really and deadline to get a good solid meal in. Sit down, look after you before looking after everyone else. All right. Where I want to go with this is that surprising fact about cereal. All right. The big thing that I look at here is, well, Ollie, that sounds all really good. What do I do for breakfast? What do I eat? And I think getting away from this awareness of muesli or cereal or oats is really tough, really, really hard. Right. All of us are in a space where we've been brought into a world where it's very normal to have a bowl of cereal for breakfast. Right. And if we we have uh, steak and salad or something at lunch, that seems normal, but if you have a breakfast, wait, what? No, couldn't do that, right? And there's two parts that come down to that. One, as we get older, we tend to see that our digestive capacity, if it's not focused on, tends to lower. We tend to notice that we, those foods sit on, in our gut a bit more, we're not able to digest them very well, and then we think the, the, the meat or what we're eating is the issue. Usually, it's actually a lack of stomach acid and ability to break foods down. So address that. Don't just shift your nutrition. And then the second part is, okay, well, where, where did this become normal? Why would we not do you know meats for breakfast or, or a high-protein omelet or salmon or whatever that might be in the, in the morning, right? And it comes back to a theory that dates way back to the, 18, the, the late 1800s, which is where Mr. Kellogg himself, who's actually quite a religious guy, uh, was in a process, and this is bizarre, but it's through this awareness of he was trying to lower general sexual activity through the community, specifically masturbation, and through the use of bland cereals as a breakfast option, he saw a good way to lower you know, that sexual desire and ultimately hormonal status throughout that community. And it started, and that was really where it started, right? You can read this up. I'm not making it up. Google the, the original Kellogg story and look at where cereals came from. And bizarrely, from that space, we're now moving into making them more sugary and making them more enjoyable and making a really cheap, very easily to produce uh, option for breakfast where we just make it, you know, we make truly what is quite a bland food to start with, right? A cornflake and then put enough sugar and colors and flavors on top of it to make it consumable, make it desirable. We start to see that there's a shift in hormonal status. We start to see there's a shift in our gut bacteria. We start to increase those cravings. We've probably got a reduction in stomach acids. So we don't feel like eating meat, meats anymore anyway. So we'll stick to an easier to, to uh, eat option. And the stories continue from there, right? It's now the biggest selling food for breakfast across the world, right? So super interesting. Uh, but coming back to what should I do? What will that breakfast option be? Where should I start? If you want access to a quick guide, I'm not the one, to be quite honest, I'm not the one that uh, comes up with new and exciting options. I eat one to two things uh, quite consistently in the morning every single day. It might be a couple eggs with some beef sausages or mince on the side, or it might be more of a scotch fillet, avocado and some salad. Like genuinely, that's what I have for breakfast all the time. Unless one or two days a week, it will become more of a smoothie option if I'm more rushed or I, I can't sit down for a full meal. That's what I do. But if you want options, either you can absolutely try the ones I use, or if you comment below uh, high protein meals uh, below, I will send you through a link with five options that our whole nutritionist and chef team have put together that we use with our clients. It just gives you a nice snapshot into what we use with our clients in regards to suggestions towards simple, easy, and cost-effective options for breakfast that you could use that might not be your classic cereal or, or muesli, or it definitely isn't that, all right? So comment below that high-protein meals option below, uh, and you can go through that. If you're on podcast, YouTube, or even on the Facebook group, I'm also gonna add the link below for our 20-day, 20 28-day gut reset. If you want a really simple DIY option to go into this, uh, that can be a really great way to actually 
actually get the full gut reset plan from breakfast through to dinner that you can go through in your own time, make some changes, strip some body fat, improve your energy and really feel really good. Or if there's something you wanna go a little bit deeper into and really make sure that this is more a personal approach for you, then certainly go, uh, go to our main website, go to Body Reset Online, learn more about how we look at this through a full service approach. There's so much we do here and this hopefully gives you a snapshot of where we can start. So I hope you found today useful. Hopefully that shift in breakfast, why we make those changes, how many clients we've seen this work really well for, and really the weird truth of where cereals came from, hopefully gave you something to think about on a Thursday. Hope you have an amazing week, guys. We'll talk again next week and uh, enjoy the rest of your week. See you guys. Bye. This episode was brought to you by The Body Reset, world leaders in health and performance coaching. If you love this episode, it'd be a massive help if you just share with one person that you think would benefit. I'd also love to hear from you personally on social media or via email if I can help you personally. Until next time, remember, long-term change comes from self-compassion and thanks for tuning in.